when God called me into being his mouthpiece in this area, he then challenged me to learn what his wealth codes were. In other words, what does the divine think about wealth? And I learned instantly they're hidden in plain sight. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson, and I'm privileged today to have someone who can teach us a lot about money. Does money make the world go round? Well, some people say it does. Some people act like it does. And we're going to find out from the man they call the Wealth Codes Coach, Rob Saunders. Welcome, Rob, to Charisma Connection. Thank you, Chris. I'm happy, really happy to be with you. Well, we're happy to have you. And this morning, you sat in that same chair in our podcast studio here in Lake Mary, Florida, and you talked with Dr. Steve Green on the Green Line Show. And I hope people will look that up, too. But for our audience, connect with them. Would you tell us what makes you Rob Saunders, or Mr. L&L, as you call yourself, and what makes you the Wealth Codes Coach? Well, actually, it's the Italians that call me Mr. L&L, Love and Laughter. Love and laughter. And so when I see them, I do this. And I, uh, and people can't see that, so your okay. your hands are in an L shape. Two, 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 both hands. Okay. And sometimes I've been in, say, the near the Vatican or in Napoli somewhere, and kids will come up to me and do the two L's, and <laughs> I know that they've been in my conferences. Oh, that's great. I love love and laughter, and I hope it reminds me to stay in love and laughter. You know, that changes life. Let me add one thing about that. So many people say that life is a journey. Well, I wouldn't disagree, but I think it would be more exciting to say life is a divine romance, and Mm -hmm. we're in a dance. All right. So for you out there that are stuck on just a journey, I would really recommend the line, love and laughter. You can borrow it from me. If you put more love and more laughter into your life, it's an insurance statistic that you'll live seven years longer. And who doesn't want that? Uh, amen. Well, some people are but if But if you're living with love and laughter, you do want to live a long time. Well, that's a great way to put it, Chris. And so <laughs> let's recommend to people, oh, dear ones, it only takes, you know, before I get off an elevator, I put a smile on my face so mm. that the first person I see when I get off will get a smile. And That's I, nice. And they always, without exception, smile at me like they know me. And then they go, why am I smiling? <laughs> because they were responding to my s- smile. But now I've passed yes. them. I said, hello, how are you today? Have a wonderful day. Boom. They'll never see me again. But, but they, that's so pleasant. Mm-hmm. And guess what? It makes life, for me, more enjoyable to live. Mm, absolutely. So who is Rob Saunders? Mm. Well, my, my mother always wanted to know what I was doing because she determined that <laughs> she thought that she needed to know more who Rob Saunders was that way. But I'd, somebody asked me a question about what are you doing? Boy, she would start listening. But uh, basically, I am correctly, a fourth-generation investment banker. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, though, it goes back hundreds of years. And I'm in the right field to have my voice in. So I grew up in investment banking. I was from a strong 
family, a successful family for a long time. And so I had the privilege of understanding what the language of business was all about. Now, some of it I got to keep, and some of it I had to discard mm-hmm. and start over. Uh, so I like the phrase, a man, with, uh, a man with an opinion is no match for a man with experience. So I've been in business now over 50 years successfully. And so, yes, I've gone past the uh, opinion stage, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm into the experience stage. So when I ask somebody a question, like, do you think God's generous? Uh, I'm not worried about what their opinion is. I know what the answer is. Yes. And it gives you a lot more authority to have have found out in reality. And you also call yourself the Wealth Codes Coach. Well, that was what I was nicknamed by others. Oh, I see. Okay. And, okay. and the thing that's misleading about that is it sounds, I wish I could have, it, but they said it's too many words. Just call it the Divine Wealth Codes Coach. Mm-hmm. But that's too long. So they said, Robert, you can't use the word divine. Just call yourself the wealth coach. Coach. So to some people, maybe they immediately start thinking, well, that's just the prosperity gospel. But that's not what it is at all. Do you want me to follow up on that? Please do. Okay. So um, when, when God called me into being his mouthpiece in this area, he then challenged me to learn what his wealth codes were. In other words, what does the divine think about wealth? What are his codes? And I learned instantly they're hidden in plain sight. Mm. It's not like I was some guru that went and discovered all this. They're there, but the Lord specifically called me to point them out. And also, the Lord, you hadn't heard me say this, challenged me to track Matthew through the whole new, through the Gospels and see how his understanding changed. And that was fascinating. And the Lord helped me understand that because he was the real businessman of the 12. I see. Period. He was protected by Roman soldiers, he worked for the emperor. Uh, The Jews hated him, even though he was a Jew. Uh, because and, he was a tax collector. Amen. He was the IRS of his day. Worse. He Worse. was the Roman IRS to the Jewish people. Mm. So they they literally hated him so much that they believed if he repented that he would die. That oh would be the proof. <laughs> no, that's literally true. Really? Okay. That he would die would be the proof of his repentance. And if he didn't die, he hadn't really repented. Hmm. So imagine, let me add one thing about that. Dear listener, if you'll let the Bible become alive instead of being scriptures and verses, chapters, the chapters didn't even start till 1226, and the verses started in 1500s. So what we, do, we, we read the Bible not as a story or not right. as a whole letter, mm-hmm. not as it was written. And there are certain strengths to being able to find things, but there's also certain weaknesses because you lose the story. So here Matthew is as a tax collector. Now, he's in Capernaum. By the way, you'll see Jesus talking to centurions a lot. Well, mm-hmm. why is that? Because who you didn't 
most people don't know this, but uh, the Roman Empire had an outpost in Capernaum because their tax payments from Damascus came down that ancient trade route, the Via Maris, across northern Galilee, and they and they didn't want it robbed, so they had uh, uh, their outpost. So therefore, they were centurions. And you'll read in the New Testament, the centurion came to Jesus. What was the centurion doing in the Galilee? Well, they were protecting the emperor's ship, shipment. So it would come mm-hmm. across northern Galilee and go to Caesarea, which okay. is where Pilate lived. He didn't live in Jerusalem. And it would go to Caesarea and then by ship to Rome. So it's a real living picture. Doesn't that make it more alive to you? Yes, it's interesting how you've thought this through and studied it. Oh, and I moved to Rome and lived in Rome for a year and a half Mm. to really study it. Hmm. And so, oh, it changed my whole concept. I understand now the times. But, for example, uh, Matthew, the tax collector's booth was right on the road that Jesus passed by almost every day. Ah. So when he walked into his office and said, come, follow me, it, it wasn't like it, this was random. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, but he was the only one that would have had the courage to call such a man, hmm. a, a Jew like that. So isn't that great? So he was discussing things. And not only that, in my picture, you know, crowds would follow Jesus. So it disrupted Matthew's business because all of a sudden this giant, you know, a tax collector needs to sort of have individual uh, uh, talks with yes. tax people. Right. To tax Taxpayers. People. Yeah, taxpayers. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> and so the taxpayers, it, it disrupted him because hundreds were coming. He couldn't check a mm-hmm. hundred people following Jesus or whatever the size of the crowd was. Mm-hmm. But he did get to talk to him quite often. Interesting. Isn't that so? When the Lord, listen, dear listener, wherever you are, whatever business, in, you're a tax collector, you're a mafia member, you're a fourth generation investment banker, it doesn't matter. The Lord is on the road of the divine romance to talk to you. Mm. It doesn't, he'll find you out. Just talk to him. He'll come by you. And so respond to him. Give him a chance. It, it doesn't matter if you were a Roman despised tax collector against the Jews of your own people, that's not going to separate you from him. He's looking for mm, you. Nothing separates you from the love of God. Nothing. Well, you mentioned uh, you know, visiting different countries. I mm. understand that you have been to 97 countries, some of which you have lived in. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you speak Southern because you're from <laughs> Memphis, right? That's correct. Uh, do you speak other languages? Well, it, when I'm really like when if I was living in Germany, which mm-hmm. I did, I, I can, at the time, I can do pretty well. Mm-hmm. But when you get away from it, oh, and, yeah. and then in later years, like I lived in the Soviet Union, and I was trying to speak halting Russian, they would instantly interrupt me and want to speak English. Yes, because they so many places want to learn English. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so I would get, I was trying, but I'd get knocked down because they, <laughs> we don't have time to listen to you stammer. <laughs> and so uh, they would go straight to English. They wanted to get some business done. Yeah. I mean, I say Dobry Den, but I mean. Uh, so 
you took a 50-day trip around the world at one point. What year was that? No, that was just a few months ago. Oh, okay. I just Very got, recent. I just got back in April. All right. So that must have been two things, interesting and an absolute blur. Uh, in an absolute, sometimes I'd wake up and I wouldn't even know where I was. <laughs> but um, it was wonderful. And it, you asked me earlier, uh, what were some of your takeaways from those trips? From mm. I was in... I, I think it was nine countries, but uh, and I was ministering and doing my conferences okay. for the wealth codes. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> something I started noticing, I noticed two things. So one thing I noticed everywhere was I start, started spotting people's negative self-talk. Mm. And I got so good at it and so clear on it that I got back to America and I had um, an appointment in this uh, secretary, the head lady there that, you know, where you come in. We had time to talk before my meeting started. And I said, young lady, I've never met you before. She said, that's right. And I said, well, I know something about you that you're going to be surprised. And she said, well, what is that? And I said, if I talk to you the way you talk to yourself, you would ask me to please leave your office. Oh, my. Now, I was out there, right? Yeah. <laughs> she looked at me and reached for the box of Kleenexes and started weeping. Oh. Now, I didn't mean to have that response, but uh-huh. she was so burdened by her negativity to herself mm. that it just opened the door the floodgate. And so I was able to help her for a short period of time before the meeting started. But this thing about negative self-talk is, uh, when I saw it in Taiwan, and then I saw it in Italy, and then when I saw the Germans doing it, I said, you know, this might be all over the world. That's a lot of different types of cultures. It's the human condition, is it not? Yes. Mm. And so even I myself, I mean, not that I'm different, but that's the thing, I, one of the things I guard myself, and here's the way I do it. Whew. Take a deep breath, you. Listen, <laughs> I just took one. See, my wife, God bless her, she's Kathy Jean, she's in heaven. Uh, she used to always teach my daughter, she said, listen, a bird, you can't stop a bird from landing on your head but you can stop it from building a nest. Yes. So now, if I have a negative self-talk, like I start looking at the future or digging into the past, something that really doesn't matter, the past is over. You living in the past is like living in a desert. It's a waste, Mm -hmm. it's done, it Mm -hmm. it can't be changed. Get get over having a better past. Mm. Now, perfectionists never seem to. At least God can redeem our past, right? right. Well, he has redeemed it. Mm-hmm. So that's why Paul said, forget what lies behind. Mm. Now, he wasn't talking about the good things or having a child or, mm-hmm. or graduating college or being married or something. He was talking about, but forget what you need to forget right. about what lies behind. Well, that's as, almost as hard as changing a concept, but we'll get to that. But the point is that if you live in the past, or you live in the negative future, you're on your own. Now, God God can't, well, he can do anything, but you, you've taken 
a path that he is not. Yes. Because mm-hmm. he's new every morning. His mercy, great is his faithfulness, his mercy is new every morning. Mm-hmm. We get to start fresh every day. Mm-hmm. But we defeat ourselves with our negative self-talk. So here's what I do. If I have, that bird lands on my head and all of a sudden I have this thought. I literally, for an image to myself, I reach up and I hit my forehead <laughs> like I'm moving my hair. Yes. You see what I'm, I'm yes. moving my hair? Right. Because I'm getting that thought off of my head. I don't want that thought. Mm. So I've noticed that that's plaguing the world. Mm-hmm. And just that example of speaking to that young lady as I was waiting. I mean, she she and she was a pretty young girl. I mean, she to have been that burden that she just busted open with the truth, well, maybe that was really a divine moment because I was able to speak into some of the things that were plaguing her. Yes, it was very powerful. And the other thing that I learned on this trip, now, let me say this about this this, uh, trip, Chris, is that I did too much. Now, I would rarely admit that. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't get all these different conferences and meetings to fit. So I flew to London. I spoke in London. It, interestingly, at, at the school, the London School of Supernatural Ministry, and I said to them there, I said, listen, God providing money is just as big a miracle as a leg growing. Y'all are in here getting everybody's legs to grow, but I'd like to <laughs> tell you how you could grow some finances because every one of you are going to have to raise support. Mm-hmm. Money is touches the earth. Money comes back to 90% of everything. And at the end, it's going to come back to 100%. That's another story. So what I found out on this trip, what I want to tell you how wild this was, it started in London. And then I, I went to Austria and Germany and Dubai, and then I flew to uh, India, Sri Lanka, Hong Kong, and then to Taiwan. From Taiwan, I went back to Hong Kong and flew nonstop to London, okay. 14 hours, and redid Europe. All right. And this time I threw in Italy and other countries, and but also... Uh, Germany and but all the ones I go to so mm-hmm. that was I'm, my clock my time zone clock just <laughs> telling you yeah I'm sure Woo. And so, trying, trying to get on someone else's time zone is a challenge mm, I think I changed time zone something like 15 times or something. I mean it was too much but it's okay I survived I mean yeah. I, I enjoyed it but when I was finished I was finished for and a while. especially if you have to to lead and teach, mm. you know. Mm. Yes, ma'am. I I was chewing on a lot of ginseng. And and your your principles are based in scripture, so they apply in all these different countries that you were speaking in. Thank God. And one of the freeing things, I'm gonna come back and tell you the other thing I learned mm-hmm. on the trip, but one of the free most freeing things, and this is where people so misjudge God. I was in Cameroon, and I had come to the conclusion that if the principle didn't work everywhere, then it wasn't true. And so the divine wealth codes work everywhere because wisdom is wisdom. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's a brief statement, but God's principle, God's 
way of doing business, may I be bold enough to say, works everywhere. So I was in Cameroon, and this real sweet lady had a chicken farm. And she had 100-plus chickens, and she wanted me to come tell her how she could have 200-some chickens. Okay. And maybe if I would invest in her chicken farm. And um, I was so happy to be there, and I saw the line of people waiting to get her happy, eat her happy chickens and buy her eggs. And, but I realized that she thought if she could get up to 300 chickens, she would be rich. Mm. So what, where we make the mistake is compare American standard, say, to a standard of living in Cameroon. Mm-hmm. But she would be as rich with 300 chickens or maybe 350, but, I mean, yeah. not that mm-hmm. many to an American, mm-hmm. uh, and live on an equivalent standard for her standard of living mm-hmm. as an American would on that level. I mean, on a higher Because level. it depends on cost of living and uh, so yeah, forth. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and how you compare to those around you is to— to mm-hmm. how well you're achieving. But isn't that freeing? So I said to one of my closest friends, and they were pretty shocked, I said, if God's principles will work in Pakistan, where it is oppressive to Christians, mm-hmm. and then I was with a guy from Pakistan last week mm-hmm. that ended up owning a TV station that they burned down, mm. and when they rebuilt it, it was became satellite instead of cable, so they couldn't control him anymore. And now he's reaching over a hundred million people. Praise the Lord! I would say that's rich. Mm-hmm. In fact, mm-hmm. it's way over a hundred million. It's mm-hmm. more like five hundred million. It's astounding. Wow. So I would say he was rich. Mm-hmm. So, but he wouldn't. It wouldn't be in American dollars. It would be in the standard, above the standard he was living in. So, dear ones, if, if you, for you to say God isn't generous, you're just so misled. Because uh, there's a lot of people who believe that God isn't generous, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Well, mm. they, they will say, oh, well, that depends. My, my favorite question is, well, is God generous? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll give you some choices. Yes, no, maybe, it all depends. Uh, sometimes, uh, possibly. Mm-hmm. Well, there's only mm-hmm. one answer. Pick your answer, friends. Well, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. God is generous because God is love and because it's his character. Now, whether you're experiencing his generosity right now doesn't have a thing to do with his character. It's just where you mm-hmm. are in life. Right. So God's character, it says he loved the world. The world is not the kingdom. It says he loved the world so much that he gave. He gave the best everything that he had. And Mm. Paul says, uh, even though he was rich, he became poor that we might become rich. Now, rich is relative to what your calling is. You might be a first-grade teacher, changing the lives of Mm six-year-olds, making my grandson rich. Hmm. Uh, It's not people always try and take it back to how much money it is, but Mm -hmm. it's really what what you're called to accomplish, achieve, where where your legacy is, where your blessing is. It's so freeing, isn't it? There's more to it than currency. Yes, amen. (laughs) Currency is wonderful. I love having yes, abundance. Of course, of course we do. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but 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 don't 
don't belittle uh, a calling. Mm-hmm. Amen. If you live in one, dear listener, if you live in one, you're rich. You know, a mother homeschooling, say, four children, mm-hmm. she's giving them wealth. Yes. And so what a twisted way we look at it. Now, I'm, if I didn't have wealth, I wouldn't be able to go to 97 countries. Right. Or I couldn't leave home for mm-hmm. that 50 days. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, literally 50 days. Right. So, um, and have everything going smooth when I came back. So, um, in God, God is rich toward us. Mm-hmm. And it's such a joy to watch people in Cameroon or Pakistan or wherever, India, Sri Lanka. You know, they blew the place up about a week after I left. And one mm. of the hotels I was staying in is the one they blew up. Oh, really? Yes. I remember reading about that. Well. We covered that in Charisma News, I think. Mm-hmm, it should have been. Mm-hmm. So now they're meeting with armed guards around the thing. But mm. um Still, there's so many wonderful testimonies coming out of Sri Lanka Yes, of how God has prospered them in the midst of this chaos. Mm-hmm. So God, God is the God of love, the God of generosity, mm-hmm. and the God of meeting you where you need to be met. Right. And it's mm-hmm. a joy to represent him. Mm-hmm. Now, on your 50-day trip, did you learn anything else? <laughs> you got back to that. <laughs> Yes, uh, and this was a sh- uh, it shouldn't have been. Well, I guess it was the culmination. Mm-hmm. But what happened was, I thought people were going to love to get a hold of the Divine Wealth Codes. I mean, just thank me immensely. Mm-hmm. But guess what? They had to change their concepts to do business God's way. I mean, Christians, most Christians aren't doing business God's way. And you can be True. wealthy without doing business God's way. Listen, the mafia is wealthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think these big leaders of uh, Apple and all those big companies are necessarily Christians. They're doing business Harvard Business School way. Right. But but the better way is God's way. I mean, there's some good stuff in the Harvard Business School, but listen, the king is the king, and, mm. and God is divine. Yes. So... I found out that people don't really want to change their concepts. They want to talk about it, but so few really do change. And I said this morning, concept is like a paradigm, but I use the word concept. But it's sort of the big picture thing, the idea. Yeah, that your concepts govern your behavior. Yes. And so to change your mind, to change your concept, is, is one of the biggest deals in the world. Most people, listen, Chris, four, five percent, that's it, that really want to change their concepts. Now, there's another five that might be in the thinking about it stage, but that's it. Hmm. The rest of the people, they've made pets of their negative self-talk. We just kind of get in a rut, don't we? Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's not hard to do. Oh, that's the truth. And so we want to, I'm here Dear listener, Chris and I are here to help you get out of the ditch, not get in it. Hmm. Now, tell some people, tell tell our listeners about you and your background a little bit more. Um, you know, for several generations, your family has been in business. Mm-hmm. What did you 
learn from your family, from the bankers, from the investors, from the interested parties that you worked with that you took into your own business? Well, so much of it is by osmosis, you know. Mm -hmm. But I saw men, uncles, many uncles, uh, know that they could succeed. There was no doubt in their mind, and I realized the power of that. Hmm. In other words, they weren't just doing something hoping to do well. They were planning on doing well. They didn't have that negative self-talk. Well, they might about some of the mistakes they made, but they didn't about the idea of seceding. Mm -hmm. And that's really true. You know, you become... Earl Nightingale, who's an old-timey favorite, okay. used to say this, the, the strangest secret. He had this huge success on the strangest secret. And he said, you know, the strangest secret is you become what you dwell upon, what mm -hmm. you think about. You become it. So there's that old story. I think it was in the Golden Book about the engine that thought it oh, yeah. could. You mm -hmm. remember that? So if the you little engine that could. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And it you remember what he said? I think I can. I yeah. think I can. Yeah, well, it really summed it up this way. If you think you can or you think you can't, mm -hmm. you're right. <laughs> and so some so many people just decide they can't. But that little engine decided he could. But this is more than just positive thinking. Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. Thank you for saying that. But listen, po uh, posit the power of positive thinking by Norman Vincent Peale, you would be enriched by reading it. I mean, it's, it's really, that book is so much more than just uh, the, see, it's the power. I say it this way, now don't get upset with me. Think, dear listener, think about this. If you can conceive something in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. Hmm. I say it without being, uh, consciously say it. I mean, it's challenging, but it's still true. If you can believe that you can see the future, you can call it into the present. So that's why the Lord said, uh, ask and you shall receive. So if it, seek and you shall find. So you say, well, I can find this. I am going to knock on the door. Knock and the door shall be. I need this door open. And when it opens, you can see it. Well, then you can hold it. You can pull it into the now. And I think the scripture backs that up. And yet, I have a friend who thought she was a good singer. Mm -hmm. She was not uh -huh. a good singer. <laughs> right. So she didn't call it into the present, did she? I guess not. <laughs> well, think about it. I mean, right. it's not a trick. It's not. It's not like I'm going to think of. I'm a good singer. I'm a good singer. I'm a good singer. It's. It's that uh, the Lord is for those that trust Him. Mm. And if you trust the Lord wholly, you will completely. You will find the Lord completely trustable. Mm -hmm. How's that? Isn't right. that interesting? Yes. Trust, it's, trustable. I like that. Yeah. Yes. It's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Wow, there's there's a lot to unpack there, I think. Mm. So maybe we have some paradigms that need to be changed. And uh, <laughs> mm. if you were to sum up your message, mm -hmm. the message of your life, what I mean, what is it that, what one, two, or three things would you love 
for people to take away today from this podcast and or maybe just something to ponder? Well, I want to talk very briefly about three covers of three of the books I've written that are on yes. my website. And the ones I brought with me today are The Divine Chase, Ask for Wisdom, and The Divine Blessing. Mm-hmm. And so they sum up three of the things I would accentuate. Okay. Number one, it is pointed out in the most famous scriptures of all is Psalm 23. And the last verse says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Now listen, that's not follow. It's... I don't like the way they they don't make things more story-like. It's it's like a hound dog nipping at your heels. Mm-hmm. Follow means like a hound dog on your trail. Okay. Surely goodness and mercy are hound dogs on my trail pursuing me. They're going to catch you. Yes, and therefore I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I think that from that, if people could realize that God's goodness and generosity, mercy, are pursuing them, wow, wouldn't that change things? Mm-hmm, surely. And the second one, the book asks for wisdom, uh, Proverbs 3.16 says that wisdom has two hands, and off, she's feminine, therefore she has arms. And so she's offering, can you believe this? Everybody's fighting, striving on the golden hamster wheel, running themselves crazy. And yet, wisdom in her right hand is offering you health and long life, and her left hand riches and honor. Hmm. Why not just receive them? That sounds too simple, doesn't it? You ought yes. to do something to earn it. Why about? No. No, if you go with God's finger points, his hand will provide all you need. Mm. Boy, we make this thing so complicated. Mm-hmm. Get rid of that negative self-talk and receive long life and riches and honor. Hmm. That's what I'm receiving. Yes. So I know mm-hmm. it works. And then in the Divine Blessing, I wrote this tagline, Expect, Explore, Experience, All God Has for You. What if you got up every morning? Dear listener, what if you please get up every Instead of what if, why don't you get up tomorrow morning and say, Lord, I'm looking forward today to exploring, to expecting, and experiencing all you have for me. Mm, that's that's a beautiful prayer. And that's the way I start my day. Mm-hmm. Because guess what goes with that emotional movement? Hmm. See, I believe that if you anchor something, it will create emotional movement, too. It's not just in the head. Yes. It, it does. But be- we're a whole person, aren't yeah, we? We have a heart, too. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You hadn't heard me say this, but you know it. You know, they talk about the baby's heartbeat, mm-hmm. right? Right. It's an exciting time for a mother to hear a baby's heartbeat. Yes. Well, that heart starts beating before they have a brain. Is that right? That's right. Mm-hmm. So that means the heart must have a brain. Mm. I mean, really. Yeah, the heart indicates there's a human there. Yeah, well, it's alive. Right. It starts uh, beating, yeah. and this human's alive, but it, it hadn't yet formed a brain. Mm-hmm. So, yes, your heart has a brain. It has emotions. It mm. has feeling. Your brain has a thought, but they got to connect. And when they do, that gives you emotional power, mm. emotional energy. So it's... That will give you the ability to take these new thoughts I've given you today and put them into 
practice, put them into force, put them into reality. See, we need that. Mm-hmm. We need that. So when you think, well, God is for me, wow, that should create more than just a thought. That should be emotion. Mm-hmm. Well, then I can make it. Yes, that's very encouraging. Yeah. So your website is? <laughs> like I said, I wish it was the divine Wealth Codes <laughs> Coach, but it's wealthcodescoach.com. Wealthcodescoach.com. Right. I would say that three times fast. Okay, right. <laughs> well, look, it was long enough so they wouldn't let me add divine. Yes, but uh, if people go there, they'll know. And they will find my courses. Mm-hmm. I, I've started off, I'm going to add four more soon, but I've okay. started off with three, which are concepts, govern behavior. Mm-hmm. Change your concepts, you'll change your destiny. It's the same truth, though, with wealth codes. The divine wealth codes change your destiny. Mm-hmm. And then the one, first one I ever did was the mystery of abundance. I always okay. knew it was a mystery. I mean, if you're in business long enough, you can watch some very people that aren't so in his brain IQ become very successful. There's a there's whatever God does has the mysterious attached to it. So I yes. wrote I wrote a course and a book called The Mystery of Abundance. And the sooner you set out, dear listener, to understanding that mystery, the sooner you'll have more abundance. Mm-hmm. Go take these courses; they'll change your life. So you have the courses and you have the books on there, right? And you also have a blog, mm-hmm. um, and people can connect with you through your website on through, all of your social media. And through Facebook and all the Instagram rest of and yeah. so forth. So that's excellent. Well, thank you, Rob Saunders, for being with us today, uh, the Wealth Codes Coach and also L&L. Yeah, love and laughter. Please don't. <laughs> and, and when you see me, if, if you ever meet me, just stick your two L's up and I'll say, <laughs> Amen, my friend. They're familiar with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, as we wrap up today, is there anything else you'd like to share? And I'm sure that uh, we are going to be doing some future podcasts, yeah. too. So we probably can't get your whole life message in today. I wouldn't try. No. And People I, I am privileged, I want to say, that uh-huh. I will be writing a cover story about you and Charisma Leader Magazine and your principles. So hopefully people will look for that, too. Oh, look, Chris, I've got to take good care of you while you write that article. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the reality is you want to know what I express. Hmm. I'm asked all over the world so often, well, why do these people love you? And I say, oh, that's a real easy answer. It's because I love them first. Hmm. And so my deep down, I'm not, it can be proven I'm not doing this for money. <laughs> It'd be nice someday if I did. I mean, got some. But look, I mean, I already have money. But the point is that I'm trying to save you a decade of your life, at Mm. least a decade. It may be more. I've wasted more than a decade. And And then I caught on. I mean, God had patience and mercy with me. I was not an easy study, an easy change. But I did. And so I want the listeners to know that not only do I love you, listen, that barely scratches the surface how much God cares for you intimately. He wants to get you. Uh, if you're a financial hostage, if you're on the hamster wheel, he, he's begging you to get off that thing. 
and mm-hmm. do it his way. And it's worth it, dear friends. The love of God is boundless, endless, hmm. forever and ever, in now. And I think it's heartfelt from you. Hmm. Amen. Amen. We all need that. Yes. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so happy you were able to join us here on Charisma Connection today. Thank you. Thank you, listeners, for being with us today. We're going to do this again sometime on Connection, so our listeners can glean much more of your experience and wisdom as time goes on, Rob. So thank you for being with us. I'm Chris Johnson. Thank you, too, listeners, for joining us for this visit on Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.